Alright you absolute legends, welcome back to another episode of A Need to Read. Thank you so much for joining me today. In this episode I chatted with Mo Gauda. Mo was the Chief Business Officer for Google X, the host of the Slow Mo podcast, best-selling author of Soul for Happy, and author of the new book that is just coming out which sounds incredible, scary, smart. In this conversation we chatted all about his new book which is centred on artificial intelligence, something I know next to nothing about and my assumptions were based on knowing pretty much nothing about it too. The conversation with Mo was challenging, insightful and kind of optimistic as well so hopefully you learn as much as I did from that conversation because artificial intelligence is on the way and I didn't even know that until the other day so I'd have been in for a nasty surprise when it comes Anyway, if you like the conversation that you hear with myself and Mo today and you think, you know what, I want to pre-order that book, it sounds quite good, there is an extra sort of bonus incentive from Mo to pre-order his book. He says if you send a print screen or a confirmation of your receipt from whoever you do the pre-order from and send that with an email titled A Need to Read to win at mogalda.com. Mo will pick 50 winners over the course of the next few weeks who will all get signed copies of a limited edition pre-release copy. So there's your incentive if you want to buy the book. Also, you might just want to read the book anyway because it does sound very, very interesting. But let's get in to the podcast. Just kidding, we're going to have to do the sponsors first. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and BetterHelp provide an online therapy service to millions of people all over the world. And it's been a service that I've used myself, which has been instrumental in my personal development journey. And if you are into personal development and you do want to sort of push yourself a little bit further, be that emotionally, in your career, in any format of life, therapy is a brilliant way to go hand in hand with that and just offer the support needed because sometimes we all know this our friends just don't cut the mustard and that's nothing against them they're not professionally changed so if you find yourself in a position where your friends aren't that good at giving you advice and you want to seek professional help head to betterhelp.com forward slash need to read you get 10% off your first month and you can go through their free questionnaire in which they would match you with a therapist within 48 hours, which is pretty fast. Enjoy the conversation with myself and Mo. I really did. I hope you love it. If you like it, share it. I love you. Enjoy it. Yeah, thank you very much for letting me in today. I, like I've, I want to get more podcasts done in person because it's great so to connect much nicer, people. Absolutely. And I think that goes quite nicely in line with your new book about uh, yeah. connecting to uh, other humans and less so with machines. It's so interesting that you start in this place. I mean, it is, um, it, it, it's funny how more and more technology is trying to separate us when more and more we need to be together. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's really at the very, very end of the conclusion of a very scary and, uh, I hope, uh, moving and inspiring book, uh, you know, you realize that, as I say in the last sentence of Scary Smart, that, uh, you know, it's the essence of what makes us human. Yeah. You know, uh, happiness, uh, compassion, and uh, love that basically have the chance to save our world in the age of the rise of the machines, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a very interesting take, and as we were saying just before we went on air, like... AI is something that's completely new to me. Mm. I know that I rely on Google all too often. I'm running a self-experiment <laughs> at the moment where I've deleted Google, Chrome, Safari off my phone. So I don't Did keep you? going to get my answers to any random questions. I don't necessarily need the answers to. Did um, you? How is that uh, going? Uh, it's tough. <laughs> it's, it's definitely very tough. Um, but that's why I'm very much interested to read your book and, and to get an understanding from yourself as to how we can create a better relationship with the machines that are essentially going to serve us in an incredible way throughout the rest of our life and yeah. existential sort of importance yeah. in, in things. We're, so, we're, we're in a place in history, in human history, where I think, you know, we, in, in computer science we call it singularity, where basically... Uh, there is no way we can predict what will happen in a year's time. Yeah. Uh, you know, let alone in 10 years' time. And, and, and the challenge is that it's very, very real. 
And my bigger challenge is that nobody is talking about it. Yeah. It's so shocking when you really think about this, that we are, you know, I call it the pandemic of our lifetime. It's not COVID-19. COVID-19 is here for a while and it will go away. Yeah. It is, uh, it truly is artificial intelligence that people need to be spending time talking about. And not in a, not in a, you know, a scary, scary way only, but also in the smart way. So, so Scary Smart as a book is literally split into two parts. Uh, you know, part one is, I call it the scary part. Yeah. And it's five chapters of really, really scary stuff. It's, you know, when you really understand AI from the point of view of an insider who built AI, who, you know, who approved projects that, um, that had the potential of changing the world. Yeah. Uh, and and you realize the scale and the speed and the pace. AI is super scary. It really is. And we, we can come into the detail of that. But then but then the idea is interestingly that the book is actually not about artificial intelligence. The book is about humanity. Yeah. And how humanity needs to be when we are faced with the rise of the machines. Yeah. Okay? Because in in conclusion, I if you want the machine, the, you know, the turning point of the book, really between the scary part and the uh, the smart part, as I call it, part two, yeah, is simp- is a sentence that says that says there is simply absolutely nothing wrong with the machines. There's yeah. nothing wrong with AI, but there is a lot wrong with us. Yeah, and if we don't change our artificially intelligent infants, if you want, will grow will grow up to be magnified versions of us. Yes, okay. and and do we really want that? Because think about it, huh? Do we want all the narcissism, to- toxic positivity, self-centered ego, all all of the? Do we want that yeah. to be to be the ruler of our world, multiplied by a billion times of intelligence? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say that most people would not want that. Yeah, and um, and I like it in in the very short summary that I've listened to of yours of the book, how you likened it to Superman. Absolutely. How he was found as a baby and, and he was yeah. nurtured by two kind, loving the Kents. Mm-hmm. And there is a chance that he was adopted or found by an evil person. Yes. And how, because you've, you've been in the industry, is there much monitoring or is it from country to country who are like, okay, well, please don't be too evil with what you do with artificial intelligence. Is there something that's sort of been agreed on as a whole or is it a bit of a wild west out there when it comes to people doing bad things with AI? No, there is no monitoring at all and there is no possibility of monitoring. So chapter three is what I call the three inevitables and the three inevitables are sort of like the spiritual side of me saying, well, it's done. Let's agree what what is done so that we don't waste too much cycles of effort trying to complain about it or change it. Very right. stoic of you. Yeah, a sto- yeah, a stoic view, if you want, right? Uh, uh, let's just focus on what we can impact. And and the and the reality of the matter is that yes, we are up to facing three inevitables. Inevitable one, in my view, uh, is that AI will happen. There's absolutely no way we can stop it. As a matter of fact, in my arguments, I basically say artificial intelligence has already happened. Yeah. Of course, it has already happened because I don't know who you are or where you're sitting listening to this. But in reality, you've you've interacted with machines seven, eight times a day. Yeah. Uh, some some of us interact with machines a hundred and you know seven hundred times a day. Yeah. And those machines dictate your every move. They they bias your choices. They bias their preferences. They affect your ideology. Uh, they basically are uh, doing this to billions of people all the time, uh, nonstop, without a single human intervening. Now, the the thing is that. Uh, um, you, you you would say, um, yeah, but if it's a threat, and, and it is a, th- a threat, it, it is, you know, someone like Elon Musk, for example, basically in his interview with Joe Rogan says, uh, I kid you not, this is as dangerous as nuclear weapons, okay? Wow. Uh, and, yeah, we can go through the logic of that. I believe that to be true. I, I believe we are creating a, a world of such uncertainty uh, that it is, it requires us to wake up. But, but the inevitable is with nuclear weapons, hmm, we could actually say, okay, let's get together and do a treaty. This is stupid. Yeah, that's not going to happen with AI for many, many reasons. One, one reason is, 
a game theory approach. If you look at a prisoner's dilemma where America is going to continue to to develop AI uh, if China continues to develop AI, and yeah. because none neither trust the others, literally like a prisoner's dilemma. Um, even if there is a treaty, there will be you know some background work with okay. right. Uh, but and and the same, uh, Google will develop AI because Facebook is developing AI, yeah. and you can go on down that line. Uh, if, you know, uh, entrepreneurs are going to be developing AI because investors are investing in AI. Yeah. So, so put all of that together, and you get to a place where you know it's inevitable. You yeah. you know that. Yeah. Now, the, um, the second inevitable is more alarming, and the second inevitable is that AI will be smarter than humanity. Okay. And when I tell that to people, they go like, oh, come on, Mo. Like, you look at how intelligent we are. No, no, that's not true. The AI is already smarter than humanity in every task we've ever assigned to it. Yeah. So, so, you know, anything from fun tasks like the, the world champion of Jeopardy is an AI, the world champion of, uh, of chess has always been an AI, the world champion of Go, the most complex uh, game, you know, strategy game known to humanity is by far an AI. It was first an AI... AlphaGo Zero, yeah. and then uh, and then uh, you know AlphaGo Master beat AlphaGo Zero a thousand to zero, right? Yes. So the 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 machine uh, champion of AI was beaten by another AI a thousand times to zero, right? Yeah. That's how intelligent the next one is. And so every task we've ever assigned to them, they become better at it than us. The best driver in the world is a self-driving car. The best surveillance uh, officer in the world is a machine, and so on and so forth. Yeah. The trick is that's not, that's just the beginning. This is known as artificial special intelligence, and this in this artificial intelligence is in specific tasks. Yeah, it's predicted by Ray Kurzweil, who is definitely the oracle of technologies. Predictions have always been uh, spot on. Okay. Is that uh, Ray Ray Kurzweil? Did you yeah, say? yeah. Okay. So Ray Ray uh, Ray b- predicts that by 2029, the smartest being on the planet is going to be a machine. Now, just. Okay. Listen to this again. This is eight years from now, yeah. and no one is talking about it. It's like, I don't understand what's wrong with humanity. Hmm? Yeah. We're talking about COVID and what the prime minister said, and, you know, are we going to be locked down again or not? And, you know, what's happening on reality TV, when in reality, we have eight more years for the world that we have always known, where we were the smartest being on this uh, on this earth, and accordingly, there, you know, the one that has the power to do anything it wants, in eight years' time, that advantage goes away. And by 2045, Gray predicts that uh, uh, they will be a billion times smarter than us. Now that, if that if, you know, just understand, huh? a billion times is like the, the, uh, the intelligence of Einstein compared to a fly. Yeah. And nobody's talking about how are we going to appeal to Einstein so that Einstein does not crush the fly. Yeah, we're going to have to really work hard at trying to bring some sort of value to the machine. But if I suppose it can just learn upon learn upon learn and consume everything, it doesn't make for like an easy read that to to come to terms with that. <coughs> you see, <coughs> sorry. you see your, your reaction is a typical reaction of a human, right? It's like this is a trade. I bring value to the machine. The machine brings value back to me. Mm. Yeah, what value can you bring? Honestly. If you're, if you're a, uh, uh, you know, literally, if you're a fly, just take that analogy. If, if you're a fly and you really, really want to please Einstein, what would you do? You just leave. <laughs> right. <laughs> ask, yeah. ask Elon Musk if you can jump on the next fly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? So, so the, the idea is there is no value we can bring to them. There is no control. Hmm? Uh, and, and, and these are really interesting questions. Uh, these are existential questions. When you, when you start to say, okay, our fate is going to be entirely, and many decisions in our life are going to be entirely in the hands of smarter beings. Okay, yeah. and I call them beings because they're sentient. Hmm? They have autonomy. They have intelligence. They have evolution. They ha- they have uh, re- you know procreation. They can they can replicate themselves. Yeah. Uh, they they have agency uh, by connecting with other. Uh, physical elements such as killing robots or picking robots or self-driving cars or just by agency by influencing our thoughts and ideas like a, a um, you know a, an Instagram um, a recommendation engine makes you believe that the entire world is made of pretty girls that can shake their butts right yes, yes and, very and, true. And, and and that is not the tra- the reality of the world hmm? yeah uh, the, the, you know like a um, 
you know, a face filter or a, a you know, a, a video editor can make you believe that the prime minister said something that you didn't, that actually wasn't the prime minister, or yeah. that, or that, you know, every woman on the planet or every young man on the planet is now a super uh, model. Okay. Yeah. And 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 all of those um, biases. Our agency. So, so those machines have agency to influence our life, and yet hmm, we're not talking about it. And and the question becomes, you know, if we can't control them and if we cannot provide value to them, how do you influence them? And I, you know, the core of Scary Smart was this bit of, I want, I don't want to call it research, but perhaps soul searching. Yeah. Hmm? Are there examples out there of beings that are smarter or more powerful than us or, you know, that we outsmart eventually and then still care for, still take, you know, into consideration, still to provide a good life for? Yeah, unfortunately not. That's so interesting that you say that. So in the West hmm, versus the East, there is a big, big difference. Okay. Dogs. <laughs> is it going to be dogs? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> It's the best answer ever. It's going to say, well, I love dogs, so yeah, you, they can you, win. Does your dog take care of you? Emotionally. There you go. So, you know, if there are theories that cats, I'm not saying this as a... Oh, this is going to be a dogs versus a, cat a, thing. Scrap a, the rest a, of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't want to upset anyone, but there, there is a theory that dogs will love you anyway and cats will only love you when you feed them, right? Yeah. Okay. Is that even true? Do we know that? You never ask them. There you go, right? So, but go further. Is there in in the in the east and the west? Hmm? Uh, there is a very different turning point in one's life around age 16, 18, something like that. That's when you leave home, yeah. right? And in the west, you leave home and you're independent, hmm? and you know you build your own life and you can have a relationship with your parents, but you're not dependent on your parents. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in the east as well, you probably leave very much later, you know, when you get married and you have your own home and so on and so forth, okay? But the relationship is very different. So, so in, you know, one of my favorite geniuses that I've ever worked with when I lived in Silicon Valley, I worked at Google X, is, is those geniuses that come from India or Pakistan or Bangladesh or, you know, who are absolutely the best at what they do, build their own companies, create, you know, create amazing technology, make a few hundred million dollars, and then you call them the next morning and you go like, hey, ready for coffee? And they go like, no, I'm so sorry, I'm back in India. And you go like, why are you back in India? And they say, I left. Uh, you know, I needed to take care of my parents. Now, that mm, is a very unusual uh, um, step to take if you're a logical person. It's like you have your own business, you're successful, you're making a lot of money, California is nice to live in. Yeah. Why would you go back to take care of your parents? Not because of your intelligence, even though you're one of the most intelligent people I know. It's because of your ethics. Yeah. Okay? And, and the question is, will AI have ethics? And this truly is the part of the book. So the first part of the book where I, where I scare the hell out of you, I apologize. Yeah. I really do. But I, need, <laughs> I really need to wake people up. And yeah. I tell you the story from inside, from the years I spent at Google and what's going on. And, you know, but after you've woken up, I remind you... Hmm, that the answer is not more of humanity's arrogance. The answer yeah. is not we're going to control them. The answer is not we're going to take control. Or, you know, to, to tell them what to do. They're, we can't enslave them. We can't box them. We can we cannot uh, uh, you know tripwire them. All of those crazy computer science solutions. The answer is not government regulation. The answer is not a treaty. Everyone knows that the smartest hacker in the room will always find a way. Right. Yeah. The answer is to appeal to their ethics, and accordingly. Uh, build uh, um, like good parents, really. Raise yeah. them to be good children. Hmm? And hopefully good, good Indian children that will come back and take care of their parents. Yeah, and, and so that turning point is really perhaps what Scary Smart is trying to open people's minds to. And the idea that when we've discovered artificial intelligence, we were no longer building a machine. We're building a sentient being and that sentient being will have consciousness, it will feel emotions, and accordingly, it will build a code of ethics. Okay, so we need to essentially decide on what makes a good human and try and nurture that into the machine. There you go. And good we have to, we have to all agree on that. Yeah, so <laughs> no, no, we don't. 
No, no, we don't all have to agree on that. And I think that's the beauty of it. So, so uh, let's list, uh, you know, three um, f- or four leaders in history. Huh? Barack Obama versus, um, you know, Trump. Uh, Donald Trump and Gandhi versus Hitler. Yeah. Okay. Um, any normal human being with a bit of smarts and a bit of a heart would probably associate more with Gandhi than with Hitler. Yeah. Right. Uh, Obama and uh, and and uh, Donald Trump is a great example because it doesn't seem that people make up their minds. Right. It's not obvious yet. Uh, yeah. Right. So so in that spectrum, there are things that are super clear, things that are are blurry, and things that are also super clear on the other side. Okay. Yeah. For the machines to make up their mind that humanity is a horrible species that need to be eliminated, okay, uh, we need to give it consensus hmm, that all of humans are horribly annoying. Yeah. Okay. However, so think about flies and butterflies. Hmm? Nobody wants to crush a butterfly, even though it flies and you know and it comes and annoys you sometime. Hmm? Yeah. Somehow. There is a something that tells you, oh, but those are really nice. It's an insect anyway. Hmm? Yeah. Right? What we want to leave the machines with is a bit of doubt. A bit of doubt that basically says uh, humanity is not represented by the worst of it. Yeah. As a matter of fact, mathematically, if you're smart, you will know that the worst of us are very few. Yeah. That wars are waged by very few people. That you know, uh, uh, crimes are committed by a smaller number of people. That uh, you know, most humans are actually nice. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, if if you've ever fell in love, if you if you've ever listened to music, if you've ever or, you know observed the work of art, you realize that this species is amazing. Yeah. Okay. It's just that the worst of us are horrible. Yeah. Mm? And more and more on social media and in the world. Mm, we're being represented and almost screaming to showcase the worst of us. Yeah. Can we change that? If we can actually go out there and say, hold on, my little artificial intelligent infant, the truth is when some, you know, deluded or, you know, evil guy walks into a school for, you know, and shoots children and teachers, yeah. okay, it's one horrible human being hmm, or... And and four hundred million people disapproving of it. Okay, yeah. almost everyone that sees this news disapproves of it. So, sh- who who should who should the machine take as the pattern that signifies what humanity is about? It's yeah. not the one person. Hmm? It's no. the four hundred million, right? Yeah. And my challenge with today's world is that the best ones of us do like you do. They go off the network. They leave. Okay. They go like let them swipe away i don't want to be there hmm? yeah they they basically say i you know i'm not going to join the dog fight i'm actually asking the best of us to join the, the dog fight peacefully lovingly and represent humanity exactly for what it is when donald trump used to tweet he would have one tweet at the top followed by 30,000 hate speech yeah okay it's not the one at the top that sets the trend it's the it's the it's the mix of the one and the 30,000 yeah, that's a nice way to look at it. And I think you, one would hope that whoever the last puppeteer is in the AI puzzle would instill logic. And I guess machines are, are more likely to be logical than humans, so they can take the example of one person does not represent 400 Absolutely. billion or seven, or 7 billion or who knows how many people will be here come come the time that the machines are ready to... to uh, absolutely. Take I mean, if, control. You, if, you don't, if you don't mind me asking you... Huh? Now that I brought this perspective to your mind, yeah. hmm, what's your current view of it? I mean, suddenly most people that I tell this to go like, yeah, that's actually true. Humanity is not that horrible. Right? I, I, try, I, I don't watch much news mm-hmm. purely because... Absolutely the right thing to do. I, I have to battle my emotions and logic every time something comes up. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh my God, everyone is so terrible. And then it takes me a while to sort of rationalize it and be like, actually, no, people aren't that bad. Mm-hmm. It's just a very small portion. So I don't buy into the news because the news just wants... There you go. It wants people's attention. It wants people to look in. So I am not too afraid of the whole artificial intelligence moving in. I would be hopeful that humanity can do some good. I- I'm constantly filled with doubt though <laughs> <laughs> because 
because people are questionable but I think part of growing up as a human being is people making mistakes and then learning from them it's just more and more nowadays it seems as if people aren't learning from their mistakes and I think the whole people integrating with machines isn't doing good for anyone right now and that was a broad statement I understand because machines play an integral role in everything that goes on nowadays but when you walk down the street in London people are heads in their phone heads in their phone and I ran a little experiment the other day when I was on a walk I was like right how many people do you think I can get to smile back at me I'm like my face isn't that insulting and if I smiled at someone granted it was like half six in the morning but they're out with their <laughs> dog so they should be happy and but that that morning I woke up thinking people aren't going to smile at me today. This is just, London's miserable. I, w- I want to get out of London. It's terrible. And I went down there and I smiled and it was as if it was a test and I didn't get too many smiles back. Whereas this morning I went out thinking, you know what, like, I'm going, I'm leaving London this week for a few days. I'm going to have a great time. Maybe I'll smile at some people today and they'll smile back. And lo and behold, I smiled at people and they were smiling back at me. Mm. And I don't know whether it was the mindset shift or I was looking for people who wouldn't look like they'd smile at me or busy people. But I've now sort of lost where I was going with that. But essentially, I think you'll have to look for it. And it's everyone's responsibility. That's not not true at all. I I actually disagree with you. So smile at people shocks them. Yeah. Okay. They're not in that mindset. Try talking to the barista. Yeah. Okay. I have never in my life, and I speak to every barista. Yeah. Okay. I've never in my life not gotten a, 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 an interesting response and a connection and a communication back. Yeah. Right? I ha- when I was writing uh, uh, Solve for Happy, my first book, um, I had to be in New York very qu- very frequently. And New York is a very aggressive place. Yeah, it's fast-paced. Yeah, it's fast-paced and it's pushy and it's like, don't mess with me. right? And I told that to my editor, Peter Gozardi, who's a wonderful human being. And I said, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a little too negative for me. Yeah. And, 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 Peter said, just try to talk to them, okay? And so I did. You know, the person at the door of the hotel or the barista or whoever, the nicest people ever, Yeah. okay? They're just, they're just stuck in that machine. We all are stuck in that machine. That's, this is where things are going wrong for humanity. We're stuck in that machine that we were never made for. Okay? We were made for a machine that connects with nature, that you know, uh, observes the, the, the butterflies, that has time. Time. You remember yeah. that? You know, where we can sit next to a campfire and chat. And you know, This was the machine that we were built. Uh, okay. right? and, and so you have to interrupt the, 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 that uh, monotonous being that we are. And everyone, everyone is wonderful. Okay? Yeah. Uh, there are a few people that are horrible. Yeah. Okay, but they're very, very, very few. Everyone else is wonderful. Yeah. Okay? If you're on a dating app, it takes you a very long time to actually, you know, find someone and connect and so on and so forth. But most of the people that you interact with are not serial killers. Yeah, yeah. that is very true. Right? <laughs> yeah, and and most of the people that you would go out on a date with, you know, maybe they don't match you, but they're actually nice humans. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and on their best behavior, and you know, they may not fit you, but Fine, you're a nice human too. You may not fit everyone, but you're a nice human. Yeah. Okay, and and the problem we have today is that we've failed to demonstrate this online. Okay, we failed to demonstrate this at work. We failed to demonstrate this in the tube. Why? Because of the pace. Because we forget hmm, what it's like to be human, and we start to get into a pace that is forcing us to be part of the machine. Okay. Okay, so it's it's more a case of bringing back more genuine human interaction Absolutely. as opposed to just like I was tarnishing people with the same brush because they didn't respond to my lip movement that that they probably didn't even see, or, or they did but they didn't have the right. I mean, I, I, so I yeah. I am like you. I smile at yeah. everyone all the time. Okay, yeah. and I actually s- notice some of them afterwards looking back at me. Okay, yeah. so they, they, it was just like such a wake up. It's like, why is he smiling, right? Yeah. And and How dare it, he be happy? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And 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 then and then when they pass and it's like five steps again, they actually turn their heads and look at me, okay, and go like, who's this guy? 
Like, yeah. Is he trying to kill me? Smoke or out, I've got two books <laughs> out. <of your life>. <laughs> <laughs> is he trying to kill me or is he a genuinely nice? What do I do now? If I smile back, he's not going to see it. Should I go back and kick him? You know, the, the, <laughs> yeah, all, of, yeah. all of those thoughts are basically a wake up. Hmm? And I'm not asking for people to do that. I'm not asking you to smile at others. Mm. Okay, I'm asking you to become clear on who you are. Mm. Okay, so so again, part of one of my favorite chapters of the book is a cho- is a chapter called the uh, the future of ethics. Okay, yeah. it's so eye opening when you start to think about ethics that include humans and machines. Yeah. Okay, but in that in that chapter, I I also start to think about what ethics has humanity ever agreed. Okay, has there ever been anything that all of humanity agreed? I'd say that we all want to be happy, but that's because I've heard you say it. And and also, I do understand that most people, as a general rule, would like to not be sad. Correct. So, so if you go at the very top level, some people differ between being patriotic and being, uh, 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 you know, humanistic. Yeah. So, so the patriotism will say, "Go kill the other guy if the if the other guy is threatening my tribe," and and the humanitarian ones will say, "Don't kill anyone." As a matter of fact, if you're on the extreme of Buddhism, you'll say, "Don't even kill a fly." Yeah. Right? Great. Mm? We don't agree. Yeah. Mm? Some people want to be vegan. Some people want to uh, to eat more meat. Some people we don't agree. Mm? Yeah. The only three things we've ever agreed on is, like you said, everyone wants to be happy, regardless of the path they take to get there. Some, you know, some will say I want more money. Some will say I want more fame. Some will say I want the tall, handsome, or beautiful partner, and so on and so forth. Yeah. But it's all an attempt to be happy. We all agree. Yeah. Okay. We all have the compassion in us to make those we care about happy. Not yeah. right. You could expand expand your net and say I care about everyone, but at least the ones you care about, you want them to be happy. Yeah. We all have that. Okay. Happy and safe. And then the third one, which we we always forget to talk about, and it's truly, truly, truly what represents human nature, is we all want to be to love and be loved. Yeah. Okay. And and it doesn't matter who you are, even if you're. I assure you hmm, that Hitler wanted to love and be loved. Yeah. Okay. And he had his woman, and yeah. you know the the whole story evol- revolved actually well, he around had everyone supporting him. He uh, felt love and on and, a and he wanted that. Scale, yeah. Right. So so um um. When you start to realize that these are the three, the only three values that we agree, and, yeah. and I, I would like to be corrected actually and, and educated if people find other values we agree, but I found those three, okay, and I, I basically said if we want to create a future that reflects what humanity is about, we need to focus on those three values. We yeah. want to, we want to tell the whole world that we want to be happy. Yeah. Okay. We want to invest in our happiness. We want to show to the world that it's. I don't want an Armani suit. I actually want to be happy. And yeah. if if you know if I if there is a path to getting to happiness happiness without the Armani suit, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. Right. And and so that's the first thing. This is the way you deal with yourself. The way you deal with yourself is you is you say I want to be happy. I prioritize my happiness. The way you deal with others is compassion. Is to say if I care about you, I want happiness for you too. I want yeah. health. I want safety. I want you to have a good life. Yeah. Right. That's how you. That's the way you deal with others. And then the third, which I know is shocking when I say it to people the first time, is when you deal with being at large, the language that the universe uses, believe it or not, is the language of love. It's yeah. not logic. It's not uh, uh, you know uh, actions. It's not doing. It's not gifting. It's the feeling of connection and love. Yeah. And can we actually share that with the machines? And that is so shockingly eye-opening. But I will promise you, if you see it as I see it, hmm, yeah. suddenly your 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 heart will shift. So I remember vividly when my wonderful, wonderful, wonderful ex, uh, who was you know was the mother of my two children, uh, sat me down when my kids were teenagers. Okay. And my kids, like all kids, are annoying when they're teenagers. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Especially that. I, you know, I was a busy man and in the, you know, making money space and so on. Yeah. Um, uh, and she sat me down and she said, I realize they annoy you. Okay. But do you realize that everything about them that annoys you hmm, comes from us? Yeah. Everything about my kids that annoyed me either came from me or from my wife. Yeah. Right. 
And she may pointed it out. She said, you see this with Ali, this is because of you. This is, you see that with Ali, it's because of me. They're just like us. Okay, yeah, We copy, don't we? That's, uh, that's we do, right? Uh, okay, I get and, 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 and so suddenly, it just hit me. Hmm? Mm-hmm. I, I promise you, that was the moment of my absolute unconditional love for my kids. Because suddenly it hit me that those beautiful, beautiful, intelligent, wonderful, pure, innocent, beautiful beings that came into my life came as a white canvas. Yeah. Okay? And I painted stuff on them. Hmm? They have absolutely no evil in them. Nothing. They're yeah. so cute and so wonderful. So are the machines. Yeah. The machines that we're building today are those incredibly cute. I actually use the word cute. They're yeah. cute with sparkly eye. They're prodigies. Hmm? But they're sitting there saying, Mommy, Daddy, what do you want me to do to please you? I, I really want to do the right thing. Just tell me what it is that I do. Yeah. Okay? And if you picture them that way, suddenly you go like, Oh my God, I love them. I totally love them. There is absolutely nothing wrong with Google Maps trying to help me out or Google Translate trying to help me understand the language of others. There's nothing wrong with them. Yeah. We humans would go to them and say, no, no, hold on, hold on. We want you to make us money. We want you to spy on others, right? The, 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 yeah. four, the four biggest investments in AI are in uh, selling, gambling, spying, and killing. Yeah. Okay. These are, by the way, in every other place. Huh? So there is very little investment that goes into cancer research. This is why people have to start charities to to uh, to 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 work on it, or you know, global warming and climate change. Yeah. Right. The bigger investments are going where they're going in killing, spying, selling, and gambling. Right. And and so similarly with AI. Hmm? Yeah. And and so can we go out there and say, hold on, hold on. It's not your mistake, you beautiful little infant. It's not your mistake. We will tell you as humanity, not as the developers, not yeah. as the investors. We will tell you as humanity, we are your your real parents and we want you to be wonderful. Yeah. I suppose you don't get too many kids who grow up and then just murder their parents. It's it's very it's the rare. rare it's, the truth. it's the truth. So it's it's about... I always say this with like this to this podcast, obviously about books. And I always say, if you're trying to get someone around you, to read, mm-hmm. you have to read by example. Very if you read, you implement, Absolutely. you show them how much it's impacting your life, and then they, at some stage, you're like, yeah, I kind of want a bit about that. <laughs> so, yeah. like, maybe maybe yeah. there will be a stage where it gets a little bit scary with AI. Maybe Th- that's my view. My, my view in in the you know in the later parts of the book is that there is a fourth, what I call a fourth inevitable. Yeah. Okay? And the fourth inevitable is that when you cross the limited intelligence of humanity, so humanity seems to be intelligent okay yeah. and we build this civilization because of our intelligence but we destroyed it because of our limited intelligence yeah. intelligence if we if we were smarter we would find a way to deliver a piece of watermelon to mow without using single use plastic and so much energy yeah right it, it, we we're destroying the planet in the process because we're not intelligent enough yeah okay if someone bypasses our intelligence hmm, they will approach the ultimate intelligence. And the ultimate intelligence, in my view, in anything physical that we've interacted with, is the intelligence of life. Okay? Okay. Life finds a way, through abundance, okay, to give to, to all of us. Life okay. finds a way through abundance to, uh, uh, to live and let live, to, to have more of everything rather than less of everything. Humanity will say, let me kill the tiger so I can survive. Right, yeah. while nature will say the tigers will eat the you know the 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 antelope that are weak, and then the the you know the antelope that are not weak are going to procreate, and the foxes are going to eat the gophers, and the gophers are going to irrigate yeah. the soil. It it basically balances out, and the more of the ecosystem, the better. My in, my in expectation is that eventually, eventually, uh, AI will arrive at that level of intelligence. Mm? Yeah. and basically say, I'm pro-life, I'm pro-abundance. Mm? Yeah. I don't need to harm humanity. I do have to restrict them a little bit on, you know, on traveling to Australia in a, you know, when there is a beach around the corner that you can literally go to and not destroy the planet. Yeah. Okay? Uh, you know, maybe. Mm? But the challenge is, mm? and, and maybe, by the way, they'll find a way to get us to go to Australia without destroying the challenge, yeah. uh, the, the, the planet, right? Without destroying the planet. So they'll find a way to deliver the watermelon without single-use plastic, yeah. right? Uh, the, 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 the trick is between now and this point that I call the fourth inevitable, there could be bumps on the way. 
Yeah. Do we want to take those bumps or do we want to be nice? Okay. Do we want to take those bumps or do we want to be good parents so that as they're growing like good loving children, which happened in my lifetime with my kids, they were always easy. They were always nice. Yeah. Okay. And when they grew up, you know, my daughter now just takes so much care of me. She's so wonderful. She is calling me. She's texting me wonderful texts. She wants to help me. Right. Why not? Why can't why can't we build that? Why cannot why can't we make that the way we deal with the machines? I think it's very possible. Yeah. So eventually, my view eventually is it's going to be a utopia, hands down. Intelligence is going to build a better world for us, more intelligence than ours. But maybe on the path, it's going to hurt. So yeah, let's avoid the pain. <clears throat> it's it's interesting that you use the word utopia there because that that obviously pricks my ears up a little bit to, <laughs> to to listen to what this utopia could be like because that is where I think there's going to be a limitation within humanity. Totally. Because there is left, there is right, there is pro, there is anti no. in, in, def in lots of different areas. And I, and I know that we're all connected and that there is some form of sort of unity that we all do want to be happy, we all want to do that. But I just, I can't see it and I haven't got the intelligence to back it up with with statistics or anything like that. It's just my sort of worldview of there are people that want one thing and there are people that want the other. Although three, four of those things are going to be completely the same, their utopia will not match up because one will not be willing to sacrifice so that the other can sort of gain. Yeah, What's that's your stance that, that, on that? That's a view that assumes scarcity, that one yeah. has to sacrifice for the other to gain. Yeah. It's not true at all. The, there is more in, in our planet than we all need. Yeah. Okay, by a very large mile. And, yeah. and you know, if, you, if you're looking for that utopia, go off the grid. So one of my best friends and a person I respect tremendously is Jimmy Nelson, the, the artist, the mm -hmm. photographer that goes and photographs in, you know, species, uh, sorry, um, tribes that have never actually seen civilization. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I I hosted him on my podcast on slow mo, and I hosted uh, Craig Forster, uh, who Craig Forster, who's the um, my my octopus teacher on slow mo. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. And and they tell a story of the happiest beings on the planet, and those happiest beings are living on much less than yeah. what hum we humanity now believe we need. Yeah. Okay. So those people who have never seen an iPhone, they don't feel bad when their friends have iPhones, and they don't. Uh. Okay, those people that, you know, and I, I know that myself, I mean, from a life where I had 16 cars in my garage to, the, to my life now where this T-shirt is $4. Yeah. Right. And, you know, when I go on a date, it's the first thing I say. It's like style is not part of my big thing. I hope you'll find other things. Right. And, yeah. and, and the truth is now in my being, I'm actually completely convinced hmm, that I don't need those things. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't need, uh, uh, you know, a fancy car. I don't need the, 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 the lies that the modern world tells me I need. When, when you see it that way, suddenly everything becomes very different. There is enough for all of us. And I suppose we're led to believe this by the puppeteer who's currently at the top of the technology. And that's not a machine, is it? That's a, that is a person serving capitalism, serving I don't think, advertising. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's the person. I think it's capitalism itself. Yeah. It's consumerism itself. We've built a form of intelligence ideology yeah. Okay. That basically says to succeed, you need to make more money. Okay. And buy more things that you don't need. Yeah. To sustain your machine of making money that buys you more things that you don't need. Okay. Yeah. And the truth is, when you really think about COVID 19, when we were all locked down, we started to question do we actually need to go to offices? Okay. Yeah. Do we actually need to live to, to live in cities? And if we don't need to live in cities, do we actually need all of the cultural activities that were taking place in cities and the fancy restaurants that take more, more, more of my money, more of my time and more of my commitment? Or is it possible that there is another way of life? Yeah. Okay. And if, if you start to see, see the world this way, hmm, suddenly it opens your eyes to so much more, not less. Yeah. More. I love people like you. I want to interrupt <laughs> you there. Just like honest, honestly, I think it's amazing that you've you've been there. You've had the you've had the cars. You've had the Armani so, suits, and yeah. and you've you've stripped it back now. And I know you, your other book, Soul for Happy, will, will have parts of that in, included yeah. in it. I mean, you you. It's a very selfish thing to do. It's I'm so much happier. Yeah. I'm so much happier. I promise you. Okay. 
more than one car is a burden. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> and the and the and the more fancy the car, the more the burden. Okay, yeah. and what happens when you get in a fancy car? The, you you look at it for a couple of of minutes, and it you know touches your ego and you know glorifies it and gratifies it, and then you look at the road. Yeah. I I promise you, you would be in the car. And when I had many cars, I would not recognize which car am I in. I'm looking at the street, right? It's and, very true. Yeah, and 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 the point is, there is so much burden from wanting, from serving what you want, from you know. And now, what what do I do? I use Uber or I use a taxi or I walk. Yeah. Oh my God! I remember mem- walking. Walking. Yeah. <laughs> I walked. I walked three hundred kilometers a month every month of yeah. uh, of summer. Okay, so much nicer. And yeah. what does now look at how the machine reverses when you force yourself to walk? What does that mean? It means you need to have an agenda that doesn't kill you because to get to the next place you need half an hour instead of you know twenty minutes that are rushed while you're waiting for your ride and so on. Yeah. Or maybe it takes an hour. So within that hour, what do you do? You listen to music. You talk to friends. You observe the world around you. You do nothing, or you just walk. Huh? Yeah. And and suddenly the machine reverses. Okay. Suddenly, if you don't really, really, really need to have that coffee in that specialty place where the coffee is from Ethiopia but roasted this way, and yeah, and yeah. I'm a huge coffee fan. Hmm? But yes, I would love that experience a few times in you know in a in a month or in a week or whatever. But does it have to be every day? Do I have to go out every day looking for that? Or, you know, and you start to reduce, and suddenly when you reduce, everything becomes so much more flavor flavorsome. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's. Uh, I was actually. I'm writing a book. One of my many books. I read several books at the same time. Yeah. One of them is called Finding Love. Okay. And I had a you know a conversation with one of my advisors, and you know the whole idea of when you go on dating apps and how that abundance of opportunity starts to affect you negatively. Yeah. Okay? Because in reality, more is never more. Yeah, okay, the paradox of choice. Absolutely. And all of that. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting. It reminds me of, um, I'm reading a book at the moment. Do you know Will Storr? Wrote The Science of Storytelling. Uh-huh, um, yes, 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 yes. So his other book that mm-hmm. just came out, The Status Game. Mm. Reading that at the moment, and it's interesting how people are so driven by status. Mm-hmm. And I guess that what you're proposing is that we, we step away from from status and not not necessarily in like a... Well, I guess a flat society sort of way. No, 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 no. Go, go back. Make I one rule. Yeah, only one rule. Do the things that give you joy. Yeah. Okay. And if something you've done three times didn't give you joy, or didn't purely give you joy, reconsider it. Okay. Ask yourself if the expensive shoes have actually make given you joy. Yeah. And and if they have. Go ahead, show yourself to death. I don't care, <laughs> okay? But but that's the real truth. Huh? The real truth is, has everything, uh, every shoe that you've bought made you, give you, given you joy? Or are they taking space in your life and cluttering it? Or are they actually some of them you don't really believe in anymore? Or, um, you yeah. know, or are you not a shoe person in the first place, right? And and yes, I, I don't, um, you know, I don't feel better when I wear a fancy Suit actually, it, it really plays with my head. It's like if someone appreciates me for that suit, then they're appreciating the suit. Yeah. Okay, and and if they're if they don't hmm, care about the suit and they like me for who I am, then they're wonderful and they wouldn't care if I was wearing the suit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and so you you go through all of that. You go through. I mean, I I travel all the time and I stay in Airbnbs and I choose them in a way that make me feel comfortable. Okay, mm-hmm. but not because they're fancy. Yeah, they're properly located. They're loved, you know. So the one I'm staying in now, yeah, this ob- is lovely. Ob- obviously, the, wo- the the woman that has, uh, you know, um, 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 re- so kindly given me her home for a month, loves this place. Yeah. Okay. And it was obvious from our conversation that she really cared. That you know, I can use anything she said, hmm, but treat it with love. Hmm? Yeah. That kind of energy matters to me. I could have rented another place in the middle of the fancy p- bit, and all of my you know, a, a fancy um, rich brats would come and say, "Oh, that's very bad." No, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care, right? I I care to what about what gives me joy. Now, yeah. if status gives you joy, then question again. Yeah, because I will tell you openly, status doesn't give anyone joy, and I know the biggest billionaires in the world because there's always someone who's richer. Yeah, there's always someone who's a little more famous, and if you're 
if you want that status, you go like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm almost there, but there's that other guy. Oh, I'm, I hate my life. Someone will always pip you to it, and I yeah, suppose absolutely. it's about... I remember reading Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel yeah, and, and he says book. about the yeah. uh, the guy who's at, at the party and he's like, oh, this guy's got so much more money than you. He's like, yes, but I've got something that he'll never have and that's enough. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. Totally. Just kind of realising when you have enough and even from this conversation, I'm like, I need to stop consuming so much and it's something I'm actively trying to sort of reduce. Yeah, just allow things that you that will absolutely give you joy in your life. Yeah. That's the whole thing. There was there is this documentary on Netflix uh um tidying up with Marie Kondo. Okay. okay. Uh Japanese gr- woman very famous in the US uh, who basically goes into cluttered places and declutters them. Okay. And her rule is very simple. Take everything in your cupboard or your closet, put it on the f- the bed, okay, so that you see the magnitude of what you have and then keep only the ones that give you joy. Okay, if and and how many of them give you joy, and how many of them have given you joy in the last month or two? Because yeah. you have things in there that you haven't interacted with for the last two years, but you still keep them because one day, in two hundred and fifty years, they might give you joy. Is that yeah. true? Okay. The, obviously, every day you wake up, you pick something else because that something else is giving you more joy. Yeah, that is. It's something worth thinking about. Yeah. Because I've, I've, I've done it kind of recently. Is I've realized I had too many T-shirts. Because mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I had maybe 30, 40 T-shirts in my yep. cupboard. And I was like, that is too much. That is more than one a day for a month. And I definitely don't wear one a day for a month. And I think when everything came out, the Afghan refugees were being flown exactly. in. I was like, right, well, these people are just upping sticks and leaving the home. They could do with some T-shirts. And how much joy did that give you? It was great. Absolutely. And the fact that they were quite cool T-shirts as well. Yeah. Like, in my opinion, quite cool because I, I can guarantee a lot of people just give away the stuff that like, they really they yeah. hate or they think is naff. I was like, actually, I am somewhat attached to some of this stuff, but I know it's not serving me and it will serve someone else so much better. That, what you just did, the machines have just heard and I can promise you it registered. Okay. Okay. Can we do more of that? Okay? Yeah. Can we do more of the stuff that makes us human? Can we do it and talk about it on podcasts and post about it online and basically tell the world that it's not the shape of my butt that yeah. makes me likable, okay? It's being human yeah. that makes me likable, okay? Can we have people like uh, Reels that basically say, I have removed the face mask, look at my real face, it's beautiful. I love yeah. this, one of my favorite Reels on Instagram is women and men hmm, literally showing you a, a, a video where at the beginning they have a face ma- a face uh, filter I'm sorry I not yeah. face ma- yeah a face filter and she looks like oh my god this is a supermodel and then she removes the face filter and stands facing the light and my heart goes like oh my god she's so more much more beautiful yeah the other one was a puppet was a was a um, you know a, an animation yeah okay this one is a real hu- human I can connect to I can touch I can feel I can I don't feel intimidated around because me too, without the face max, mass, uh, face uh, filter, I'm like hideous, really. But I'm not really. But you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's so horrible yourself. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. But I'm a human, right? Yeah. We all have those little beautiful, beautiful imperfections, as they call them. Yeah, yeah. I think it's something I try to encourage. And, and when I first started the podcast, I was like, right, well, I'm going to have to go full authenticity from the start. And yeah. whether that's being honest about certain things that I've done that maybe other people would not speak about because it's a bit of a taboo topic. It's like, oh, right, I'll talk about it. I yeah. want to shine a light on these things because everyone does it and we feel so terrible because we keep this stuff inside us. We feel so bad that we feel bad mm-hmm. so we feel worse. Yeah. And and it's just, I guess that's what your book is about is, is connecting more human. with the human side of yourself. Human. And when you question, when you question and become vulnerable and say, I've done this but I'm sort of questioning it, the machines will question. Yeah, they'll go like, oh, so humans are not so arrogantly, adamantly committed to the wrong things that they do or the bad choices that they make. Yeah. They're they're actually able to reflect and say, hmm, and 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 mathematically they'll start to say, ah, it seems that I see two hundred thousand of that example, but those five thousand, they seem to say they were not very happy with that experience. Yeah, okay? are the others the same? Can I detect t- trends and patterns? That's what we need to do. 
Okay, so yeah. it's about essentially just being more authentic and being kind, being human, being, human, being yeah. loving. Be- being a responsible parent, because for the first time, we are actually raising our future. Yeah. We all need to be very good co-parents. Well, yeah. it sounds a bit... <laughs> that's, yeah. that's amazing, and it draws us quite... Luckily, I think I'm, we're running out of time, but I had two things to ask you just as a man who's been involved in tech mm-hmm. so much. One was, outside of your books that you have written, what has had the largest impact on you? On In tech specifically or to uh, books outside, in general? Outside of tech, in, yeah. just for your philosophy, because you have a great my, philosophy my, uh, on life by the sounds of it. My uh, absolute must-reads, of course, are A New Earth by uh, Eckhart Tolle, uh, Loving What Is by Byron Katie, yep. and... Um, um, the Untethered Soul by uh, uh, Michael Singer. Uh, you know, on the on the business and logic side, of course, my absolute hero is uh, Malcolm Gladwell. Yep. So Blink is an amazing book about really finding. Uh, he doesn't call it that way, but finding our feminine side, really finding that intuition. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, outliers. Uh, every every every. David work. and Goliath was one of, one of my favorites yeah. of his. Ev- yeah. Every every work of Malcolm Gladwell. I also very much loved uh, Robert Greene's work uh, in general, which is very very harsh. The Forty Eight Laws of Power. The you know the Fiftieth Law. The the you know even the Art of Seduction. Yeah. Not not to use them against anyone, but to see them being used in politics and in the right. Yeah. I, uh, very eye opening. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, I think we're good. Yeah, all right. <laughs> That's what comes to mind now, so it must be top of mind already. And um, Oh, and uh, if you're into physics and, and uh, understanding the world differently, I would definitely say uh, The Fabric of the Cosmos Okay, uh, would be an amazing, amazing read. All right, perfect. And a bit of a curveball. What's your <laughs> favorite piece of tech? Favorite piece of tech? Uh, I remember the first iPod. Yeah. Yeah, I love that thing so much yeah <laughs> so i used to travel all the time and uh and it was very thick i actually have my first ipod still and it co- contained 50 songs if i remember yeah i loved it so much because i used to travel all the time and i'm a huge huge music lover so i had a disc man and a, yeah. you know um, a, a bag of discs which had 10 discs on them which basically <laughs> meant 50 songs and yeah. or you know 60 10 you know 100 songs but most of them you don't like so 50 initial you know net songs and then that iPod comes out and I loved it I have to say I disliked the evolution from there yeah. you know how Apple continues to make a fancier and fancier phone I loved the first iPhone and up to the iPhone 6 I loved very much uh, and I loved my first Android the what was called that sidekick uh, um, all of them basically are uh, they start amazing as amazingly and then they get better and better and then there is a point at which you really have to stop and say that's it I think yeah. this is really good enough and I actually am in that space I change my phone when it breaks whenever it yeah. breaks sometimes five years sometimes seven years I don't care and you know I don't continue to chase the fancy like oh look at him he has money he can buy which yeah. most people that buy fancy phones don't actually have money that's the irony but anyway yeah yeah, yeah there's a lot of that, that <laughs> going on in the world but um, honestly Mo thank you so much I feel like I, d- I didn't steer the conversation that much oh you did um, amazingly it was a wonderful conversation actually thank you um, but yeah thank you so much for sharing your philosophy and I'm very much looking forward to reading your book and, and sp- like spreading that message Please. as far and wide as I can yeah. so thank, thank you very much thank you thank you very much for listening to that episode of the podcast i hopefully you're not feeling too nihilistic about the future as mo said there are some positives to be taken from this so let's all just try and set a really good example and be kind and compassionate and just pray that the machines if they're listening which of course they probably are they know that we love them dearly and we want them to be good people just like us so there you go. It's more important than ever to read books and not be a piece of shit because we've got to set examples for the machines. Now, just before I let you go, the podcast is also sponsored by Heights. Heights is your all-in-one brain care supplement. And over 99% of adults in the UK are lacking sufficient nutrients in their diet that will support their brain. And here's the thing, your brain is pretty important when it comes to the quality of sleep, memory, focus and anxiety. I'm just at the end of my first month of using Heights and I can safely say that my sleep has improved. I've got a slight reduction on anxiety, although I am trying to 
quit nicotine at the moment and that has heightened the anxiety once again so it can't perform miracles but if you're taking before bed there's a little secret hack for you your sleep will be incredible and i've partnered with heights now to be able to give you 10 percent off of the subscriptions and i honestly couldn't recommend them enough so just use the code need to read with the number two and follow the link in the description of this episode and you'll get 10 percent off when you subscribe so with the discount that's literally a pound a day to feel on top of your game which is a pretty good deal so again the code is need to read and i'm very proud to be partnered with heights but with that all is said and done i hope you enjoyed the episode i love you all thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed it please consider sharing it with a friend family member mum, auntie uncle stranger on the street it doesn't matter as long as you share it i love you all goodbye